Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard, and I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine. A new kind of Chromebook. Welcome back to Core. This is Core, where we talk about video games and the industry it exists in. That's a weird way of saying that. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. Today, September 16th, 2020. And uh, this also happens to be the day that Sony got up. Well, they didn't get up, but they made a video uh, about 40 minutes long, full of gameplay trailers. And finally, finally, release dates and prices for the PlayStation 5 their entry into the next generation of consoles uh, on the heels uh, pretty rapidly on the back heels of uh, Microsoft's announcement of both their dates and their consoles. So we'll talk about that and a whole bunch more stuff here in a second. Before we get too far, though, I understand that later in the show, Bo has a very special uh, thing we're going to start maybe doing called the Bo Zone Layer. Okay. And uh, Bo, how do you feel about this? How do you feel? Are you excited about... uh, a little time with Bo at the, at the bottom of the show. How do you feel? Uh, I don't know. I'm more worried than anything else. <laughs> you shouldn't be worried. Might, it might just be my anxiety. Don't be worried fine. because that one guy on Twitter goes, oh, I, every time I listen to the show, I'm afraid they're going to tell me Bo's leaving. Don't worry. Bo's not going anywhere. Okay. He's just, you know, he's here to shed yeah, light. I got a contract. If I leave, I'm getting called by a team of lawyers tomorrow and yeah. they're going to sue the pants off of me. Ain't the nobody. Frog pants. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the the many lawyers at Frog Pants uh, will mm-hmm. be in touch with you. I think I have one listener who's a copyright attorney. Maybe I could get his services pro bono. I doubt it. Anyway, it's good to be Too here. humble. That's why people love Frog Pants Corporation, LLC. There you go. Frog Pants <laughs> LLC. Call it by name. All right. Let's get in here. All that music's fun because this Friday... Um, 
that's just a little tip off the off the back end of uh, uh, Super Mario Sunshine. That music you just heard, and this Friday, Super Mario 3D Junior. What's it called? What's it? What is it? All Stars. Super 3D. Mario All Stars 3D. 3D. That's right. Edition. You're gonna get. Whoops. You're gonna get your hands full of Mario 64, Sunshine, and the first Super Mario Galaxy game. Uh, I would have preferred this list be. I should. I think I just want it to be bigger and more games, and also more work on the games themselves. But it comes out Friday. It's one of these limited time window things. I'm going to bite the bullet and get it, so that I can talk about it. But to be honest with you, I feel like I feel like Super Mario Brothers, uh, non 3D, the old one, the SNES one that that collected all the NES games and updated them and stuff. That felt like a landmark moment, right? Yeah. Everything's been updated. Everything looks great. It's all brought up to the SNES standards at the time. And lost levels, which meant you got a bunch of stuff that you've never played before. So there was another reason to get it. Like that seemed like a, an event. This seems like where it sh- it's set up to be like an event. This just feels like a collection of games, if, if you know what I'm saying. It's like yeah. it's fine. Those games are great. I love them. I can't wait to play them again. Um, in particular, Galaxy, because I just feel like I, I can spend more time in the Galaxy stuff and wish there were more of those. Um, and I can do it all for a reasonable price, and that's great. But it just feels like they threw it together, and I don't know how to feel about it. So, COVID yeah, time. I'm in the same boat. I'm buy it. I'm gonna buy it because of scarcity. Yeah, fake. They're gonna run out of the digital version of this game that I'm gonna buy, and so I need to get it before anybody before everybody takes it. So John, they only have so many uh, in the vault, right? They can only yeah. cough up so many ones and zeros and then they got to pull back uh from their stupid sale. Yeah, it's a real weird thing, but um we'll get it, we'll try it, we'll let you guys know what we think. But today is not Nintendo's day. Today is Sony's day. They did a showcase stream. It was basically a long-form trailer of upcoming games. And then a price reveal at the end and a dude who kind of sandwiched the whole thing with the usual Sony PR speak. We love that gamers have brought to us the great thing that we do. And we as a company will continue to make the experiences you gamers demand. Like all that talk. I hate that. I can tell you, though, there's one reason why I've really welcomed it. Yeah, because there was a level and like, don't get me wrong. I kind of like that this model of just like. We're just going to show a game, and then we're going to show a game, we're going to show a game. I'm glad every now and then they showed people to remind me that there isn't some, like Skynet hasn't taken over Sony, and they're just churning out games at this point. Because sometimes it gets a little dehumanized yeah. when it's just like trailer trailer yeah. trailer trailer and it's just like are there people there are people working on this game or are you just churning out video games over there yeah what are you doing yeah i uh yeah i don't know it's it's something about their presentation that there's something i like about it because it's very bare bones straight to the facts like let's just show games but on the other hand i'm like well i could do trailers somewhere else like could they tell me something else here? Maybe there's nothing else to tell. And then when they do have something to tell, like the PlayStation Plus details about some of the PS4 games that are going to roll forward for subscribers, uh, which felt like they're them trying to have an answer for Game Pass, and I think a not a great answer. Um, in fact, a kind of shitty one. We'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, all of that stuff was even kind of weird and obscure. There's like close-ups of the logo throbbing around. I mean, they're really into that right now. They're into like 
<laughs> abstract <laughs> art and throbbing logos and throbbing yeah. logos. Yeah. They're Which is not... weird because sometimes the X button is one of the logos that's throbbing yeah. and I it immediately reads to me as Xbox. Yeah. And I had to, like the first time they did it and I saw big X, I was like, wait, this is just Sony stuff though, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it I'm... took me a while to remember, oh, right, there's a X or a cross button mm-hmm. on the PlayStation and that's what this is. Right. And they, and the, I'm glad you said cross because isn't that what they really want to call it? That's what the real yeah. name is. Yeah, they should have turned it slightly if that's what they wanted it called. What were they thinking? Anyway, PlayStation price uh, was reportedly much higher than this before the Xbox Series X price reveal. Uh, this is based on pure rumor at this point, but I think I believe it. Um, and I was re- I was somewhere in the range of like six ninety nine for the for the non digital model with the with the optical drive, uh, maybe five ninety nine. But we now have the numbers. I may as well just jump to it. Uh, PlayStation 5 for the full meal deal, $499.99. I don't know what that is in Canadian. That's probably like, what, 600 Uh, Maybe 700 bucks or something like that. Yeah, the difference is weird yeah. right now between you guys. And yeah, us. I mean, they might just keep it at 499 because these are loss leader things, and sometimes they do weird stuff like that, like yeah. American companies do, but... I think it'll probably go for a little bit more. Well, and that's an important, I'm glad you brought up lost leadership because in the past, uh, all com- all console companies have done this at one time or another, but this last generation for Sony and for uh, the Switch, well, actually most, most Nintendo consoles don't la- launch at a loss. Um, they usually launch and are at least break even or profitable on day one from the mm-hmm. hardware and they don't lose money on it. I think Microsoft is absolutely for sure losing some money and they can because their pockets are deeper than than if I dug a hole to China. Like they have so much money that they can do this. Um, Sony can't so much. Not like they maybe could in the past because their electronics division, everything right now pales and dwarfs, uh, uh, dwarves in comparison to the PlayStation uh, part of the business. And as a result, I don't think they have as much runway. Um, even though they've been hugely successful and we're still talking about, you know, company with millions and uh, billions upon millions of dollars, but still it's not the same as Microsoft. And, um, I think they may have taken a hit this time and done so recently, like in the last week or two had made this decision to undercut a little bit and match. Well, in the case of the high end console match Microsoft on the series X. So the series X and the PlayStation five, both for 99 99, I just am almost positive that wasn't the price they were aiming for. I'm guessing the rumors were leading up to it before we even had a price was that Sony's console was expensive. Yeah. Like that was, that was the big rumor. Actually the rumor existed for both consoles. So it could be a case of you're right in, in both cases, they're both taking a bit of a loss, but the rumor was that there were fans alone that were pretty, uh, pretty expensive, pretty costly. Yeah. Which doesn't, surprise me i mean this these are this is new hardware it's always more expensive when they get started things get smaller chips get smaller stuff happens during the during the intervening six to eight years or whatever and then they get cheaper and cheaper and then they start to make money but i think out of the gate they're probably both losing a little money early um as for the digital version 399 as opposed to microsoft's digital only model the series s which is 299 um but i think that sounds about right because while the Sony one is minus the optical drive in every other way, it's the same console in the series uh, S case. 
it is lower resolution, um, has less of uh, uh, half the size hard drive. So there's stuff, there's other stuff, right. That's been pulled back. So it makes sense that maybe Sony's is a little bit more, but only a hundred bucks difference between the two PlayStation models. To be honest, I'm surprised they came in as competitive as they did. I was already still sort of reeling from the surprise of how competitive Microsoft had started things out with their pricing. And so this event was a big deal for me because this was going to be like maybe the first peek through the window of whether or not I fall to one side or the other or both or what what I do this generation. And last generation. I mean, do we want to have that talk before we even get into what they showed? Because I think that's I think that's where I was too. I was like, show me, sell me. Let's put all our cards on the table and decide where dollars are about to fall between, right. you know, we talked about video cards last week. We talked about the Xbox. Now we've got the PlayStation. Where does this put your head at as okay. far as buying console stuff? I'm glad you asked. So I still kind of go back and forth. So this is where my head is at right this second. Normally what would happen after this event is I would, you know, I just naturally my hype sway would go Sony's direction a little bit because it's new and exciting and it's fresh and it's happening today and we're all talking about it. Um, I recognize that in humans and in myself where I tend to, you know, you just a little bit of sway happens just because you get caught up in the hype. You try not to, but you do. Um, what's weird is I'm not feeling that sway after this. What I'm feeling instead is a big picture kind of emotion. Um, and that big picture is this. If you put PlayStation five, let's say the maximum level, top end one. So the 499, the $500 one and I put it next to a Series X $500 console. Mm-hmm. Specs-wise, Microsoft has the better console. Now will it be any practical difference to people? Maybe not. The CPU is a little faster, the hard drive's bigger um by about 250 gig. Um what else was different? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. There's a couple of other differences. Uh I can't remember them all. But anyway, there's specs differences. Oh, the GPU was was had more teraflops, so like 13 million teraflops, and Sony's was like 11 or something. Um, so again, things that sound impressive on paper, but probably in practical use, it's pro- you know we're probably going to be in the same ballpark on third party games and all that other stuff. Um, but there is that right. There's like okay, specs are a little better over here. Sony, what do you got? Well, you got a ton of exclusives and you got your own studios pumping out games and you have been for a whole generation and even the tail end of the PS3. Like you invested hard in the PS3 era and now that's paying off for you in the PS4 era. PS5 looks looks ready for you to continue to launch great exclusive games that you make, that your studios make in Sony Japan, Sony Santa Monica, Sony uh, Montreal, whatever. All your studios pounding out rad stuff. And you even ended this presentation with a tease for more God of War. Hmm. heard a little Chris judge uh, dialogue at the end with some kind of rune and it says Ragnarok is coming. So anyway, uh, so that looked cool, but there was no game and it said 2021. And so that's not even a game yet. Anyway, my point is this, you've got the exclusives. So that's exciting. And thanks for that. All right. Then I flip over to Microsoft. What do you have for games? Well, your launch lineups. Okay. But it's not great. And your biggest uh, tip of that spear is being delayed till early next year. So we're not, or whenever next year, they haven't given us a time yet, but you know, no Halo Infinite. It was supposed to be like your big flagship launch title pushed off. So, you know, point Sony, no point Microsoft on that front. But then here's where it changes. I get a 
better equipped console on the maximum end, specs wise. I get if the the if I want to, I can do a two year payment plan for thirty five bucks a month, no interest, and buy it that way, which gives me Game Pass Ultimate, which gives me PC games Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass, uh, EA Play, and all the things that come with Game Pass. Oh yeah, uh, X Cloud and all that. Yeah. So basically. I get the console for even less money. By the end of all that, it ends up being less if I do it that way. Um, or if I buy it outright, whatever. But there's a service package angle to this that I cannot avoid this time. I cannot get around this idea that they are not equivalent on services. Microsoft is really competitive and kicking their ass as far as I'm concerned with Game Pass. Game Pass is really, really strong. And again, a loss leader. They're losing money on it. I know they are. <laughs> I guarantee they are. But that's what makes it so compelling and so inexpensive for us. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about their raise to 10 bucks a month on PC here in a minute, but that's kind of a bummer. But um, the, that, whole, that whole package, really compelling in both the short and long term. Because in the short term, tons of games, tons of back catalog, tons of current stuff, tons of third party, all included in that. You immediately have a gigantic library of games to play. Stuff you meant to get to, things you haven't played yet, brand new indie game that just showed up, uh, saves across your uh, your freaking uh, account to your PC so I can go back and forth, and I can do some of this stuff remotely on xCloud. Like, all of those advantages, all of that stuff kicks on day one for $500, okay? Sony has a launch lineup that only has one game in it I care about, at least that I know I care about, and that's the Spider-Man game. But it's 70 bucks. Did you know that, John? $70. It's confirmed. $70. They're going to start charging 70 bucks for brand new AAA games. Okay, we kind of knew that was coming too. It's it's also coming out on PlayStation 4. Oh, right. PS4 is getting it. So another reason for you not necessarily. You're going to get a great experience even if you don't upgrade, right? In theory. So. I'm I'm really swaying toward Microsoft this generation. And keep in mind, this last gen, I was completely dismissive of Xbox One. I've owned two PlayStation 4s in the last generation since 2013 uh, because I wanted one for myself and the kids were, you know, pounding the other one and ruining the sticks. So I'm like, fine, you have this one. Um, but they all moved out. So <laughs> so now I just have my one PlayStation. But uh, But anyway, during that entire time, never even tempted to care about xbox in my life and i love the 360 and i really didn't know if this generation was gonna shift me and it may not still because we're too early but i'm just saying right now today if you said scott you can only choose one hand us your 500 dollars, you pick one of these boxes i think i'm grabbing that xbox so that's a long way of answering your question and hopefully it wasn't too meandering but i'm really curious what would you say i think i'm kind of with you honestly like here's here's what i learned watching both of those I don't think I'm sold on giving anybody $500 for a new console right now. I, I don't yeah. think Sony's launch lineup is very good. I don't think Microsoft's launch lineup is very good. I think that if you didn't have a PS4, if you missed out on all those exclusives that came out on the PS4, but you're finally saying like, okay, I want to, I want to get a console. I think the PS five is a pretty good deal because that PlayStation plus collection, you're getting a lot of really solid games in there. 
However, if you were into the PS4, which a lot of people were, it was the best-selling console of this generation, except the Switch, but that's its own thing. Um, (laughs) But it's one of those things where I've played every single one of those games that I wanted to play. Not everyone, but everyone that I cared enough about, I played. Because that's what I got the PlayStation 4 for. Um, So that doesn't that doesn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. So right now, if you say, John, you have $500 to spend, do you want to spend it on a PlayStation five or do you want to spend it on an Xbox series X? My answer is how about this? How about I set that money aside? I get myself a new graphics card for my computer and I'll pay you $35 a month to have an Xbox series X as well, because that's a deal I can actually get behind yeah. because you know what? I'm not invested in spending $500 right now. But I'm already paying for Game Pass because that's such a good deal on my PC that I'm more than happy to give you $35 instead of my 10 that I'm doing right now or what's about to become 10. I will bump that up to $35, get a console, a next-gen console, the top tier of their next-gen console, have that, have my computer able to run the stuff. Looking down Sony's lineup, most of the games they showed are either coming to multiple platforms or said PlayStation 5 exclusive a little hashtag or asterisk also coming to PC. So a lot of them are coming to PC. And maybe by the time that we get something like God of War Ragnarok, maybe then I'm like, okay, let's evaluate where I want to be on a PlayStation 5. Yeah. But I can play Spider-Man Miles Morales on my PS4. I can spend $70, I guess, on that if I want to play that game now. And it doesn't have to cost me $570 to play Spider-Man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A reportedly smaller, although still big, you know, open world game based kind of on the older one. I don't know that 70 is the price for the PS4 game, but I know the PS5 version will definitely be more. But But I I will say this. Yeah. That's my situation. That's me. That's my answer. Obviously, that's not going to be an answer that applies to everybody. I can already even see it in chat. There's a lot of people that don't have a computer. You can just go spend $500 on a GPU and slap it in there and go, ah, I got a great PC now. Go for it. They're they're going to do console gaming of some fashion. I think those people, you know, follow your heart where the game is. I would still probably lean at this stage. None of these consoles are coming out of the gate swinging with something that you absolutely have to have. If I was going to put the money down, I would probably do it on the Xbox side. But it's very, very difficult for me to see past the additional bonuses that I personally would get out of that investment. So it seems like a better investment. I'll say Sony, yes, they have the best exclusives. Spider-Man, God of War, I'm in on both those games. I'm going to have to figure something out when Ragnarok comes out because that last God of War was amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. But that that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, they showed some cool stuff. I don't want to make it sound like I think the PS5 is bad. It just didn't convince me I needed to spend money on that console right now. Yeah, see, that's a great point. And that's kind of where I'm at. And so my thing is... That $35 a month for everything, including Game Pass and ultimately a lower price overall. And I'm going to play that. I'm going to have the thing for two years at least. Just seems like if I'm going to have to do it, it just seems like a thing to do, right? Like 
It's very compelling as opposed to just buy this raw ass box and hope some good games come out. It's a different proposition than it used to be. It used to be that if you went and bought a PlayStation one or a Saturn or a freaking Dreamcast, you were investing in a new platform and all the new games that went with it. And it was all untested and nobody knew and nobody knows, right? Until you read some reviews and like, oh, Soul Calibur sounds cool. Hope that's good, but I don't know about this other thing. And you just don't know. These two new consoles present, in Sony's case, some backwards compatibility, but not a lot. No PlayStation 3 and nothing before that. And not all PlayStation 4 games, it turns out, will run on a PS5 for who knows why. Um, In Microsoft's case, way more backwards compatible. All Xbox One games. And a ton of 360 games. They've done that work. And some, even some OG original Xbox games will run on there. Not that I care about going all the way back to that. Because I don't. But that's a value proposition that's hard to ignore. And that's where I'm coming at from this. Like if you're looking at just pure dollar value, Microsoft sold me more than Sony did. If I'm plunking down 500 on day one. Now, you made a good point. If I'm not plunking down 500 on day one. Or if, or if there's not a third option that's like a 3080 or a 3070 or something for my PC, then I'll hold off for a bit. It's fine. We do have good PCs. We love our PC gaming world. And we're still going to take advantage of like Microsoft Originals. I mean, hell, when, uh, and when Infinite does come out, it'll be on the PC day one. And it'll play great. And it'll be part of Game Pass. And I won't even have to pay the $70 for the damn game that other people might have to pay if they're not subscribing. So, so there's a lot of reasons to stay, I just feel like they've given everybody every possible excuse. They've said, all right, they're coming in low to begin with. These are cheaper than anyone expected. Number one, just straight off the shelf. But also, how about this service thing that gives you tons of value for very little a month? And then that's not enough. How about you pay 25 bucks a month for the S and get it over two years and get Game Pass with that and not have to do anything on top of it? Like, that's really freaking compelling. Microsoft, or, uh, Sony's sale is... Buy one of our hot new boxes. It'll play some older games. And uh, you keep doing plus because we'll give you some games you probably already played. That bums yeah, me I out. Mean, but that's that's going to be a deal for some people. Like, I don't want to necessarily go, ah, oh, it was terrible. I'm sure that there are some people that, you know, either skip to the PS4. Maybe they were Xbox One players and they're like, I want to find out what Sony's about. You know, maybe they're, this is their year. And man, if you didn't play a lot of those games that are available on the PlayStation Plus collection, you've got a shitload of awesome games on launch because there were a lot of amazing games on the PS4 and a lot of them are being made available through that. I don't think that there's zero, you know, value in what they're offering. I'm just not sure that it sold me more than Microsoft did with theirs. Yeah. There's another aspect to this, though that we haven't talked about and it's a possible negative with the, with the Xbox, which is okay. Let's say I do what I say I'm going to do. I, you know, even if I don't get a new video card, but let's say I've got an (laughs) Xbox one X, uh, series X out there. Um, and now I've, I've got this expensive box I'm paying off, uh, every month for two years, but now my PC can play. And in most cases it's free to play all these games in my office on my computer, which is probably more powerful than the series X. Sure. Is that thing going to be just like a, uh, ultimately $35 a month for two year, like Blu-ray player and Netflix (laughs) machine. Is that what I'm 
paying 35 bucks a month for the privilege of like that's something that i think people have to ask too because if you're going to have it able to play in both places you also have to consider like okay but are you yeah and i don't know like as a as a as a hardcore pc enthusiast enthusiast i don't know i mean bo these days you're pretty pc only you've got a playstation 4 but I mean, I've always been, but thanks to Mr. Tanner Goodman for sending me that PS4. It was still the nicest, one of the nicest things anyone's ever done. It was really cool, yeah. But Um, does this sway your needle at all? Do any of this stuff make you go, oh, I'm going to go? Well, so I'm generally super ambivalent to all this because I have no desire to buy a console and launch anywhere near launch day. So (laughs) good luck to everyone else. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I do want to participate in the conversation. I am interested in in video games and and things of that nature. Sure. Um, The thing that strikes me, because I didn't watch it before the show like you guys, so I was kind of quiet, everyone, because I was watching it on silent, trying to listen to Scott and John, but also listen to things. Sure. Um, the thing that strikes me the most is from the presentation is this, this looks like the strategy from their last uh, generation, the PS4. It's about the games. Yeah. And because it worked, why wouldn't they do it? And it's a corporate entity. If something works, let's do it again. Safe. Um, they showed really cool stuff. But the battlefield has changed and their strategy has not. Yeah. Um, I think what I'm hearing from both of you is that it doesn't matter if there are there. PlayStation 5 definitely has exclusives that are going to drive sales. The Persona series, I, I don't know if that's exclusive, but Final Fantasy, the new one they showed there and like Final Fantasy 7 too, like makes me like, yeah, Xbox is better, but I have to buy that to play those games. Um, so... Uh, I think it may not be an error if they end up doing well anyways because of their exclusive strategy. Right. But Xbox, Microsoft and what Xbox is doing is more exciting, is more daring, and is more um, no longer tone deaf. <laughs> like It's more like singing the songs that gamers want to hear. They hired some people who understand what's going on with gaming in, in 2020, and reflects uh, in what Microsoft has been doing. Even if when you go, it's kind of strange, it's still kind of interesting. Everything's interesting about Xbox. And as good as just relying on games is, they have a tough PlayStation. Sony has a tougher opponent this go around, at least in this sphere, I think. And yeah, it definitely looks unexciting, but it still may end up being the best seller because the games do. The trailers I watched all looked very interesting, and a lot of them were exclusives, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and in, my, my, in Microsoft's case, where they are, their tone before or with the PS4 or sorry Xbox One launch, an announcement was like, "This is going to be your new cable box." Hey, hey, gamers, do you want to have a new living room box for doing Skype? <laughs> like that's that was kind of the weird. They had the <laughs> weirdest messaging to gamers. It was so bad. That mm-hmm. they deserved their their distant second this this run, but they feel really hungry and interested in giving us what we want now. And keep this in mind: Sony might right now be the king of exclusives, but Microsoft acquired a bunch of top tier studios in the last couple of years, who are just getting to the point where they can start showing off alpha work for a lot of the games they're making. And we're going to start to see that same kind of thing. In theory, we haven't seen them yet, so we got to let them do it. But in theory, we will see Microsoft meet that challenge with their own kinds of exclusives that you just can't get anywhere that aren't Halo and that aren't, you know, Gears of War, aren't things that are just old, tired, you know, uh, IPs that they've been milking for this long. Like really actually branch out with exclusives that will blow people's minds. And I think that's 
worthy of, 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 of the conversation. Now we may not see some of the results of that until next year or even 2022. Uh, and, and so by maybe, maybe a lot of people even hold off buying, making this buying decision till then, or maybe Sony's got more stuff at the gate and it's an easier buy for a Sony fan to say, well, I'm just getting another PlayStation. They've been great. I'm as of today, I just feel I'm leaning the, the Microsoft direction. And uh, the Xbox is going to come, is this generation of Xbox coming equipped with uh, ways to leverage the xCloud technology? Yes, all of it. That's, yeah, so that's the big difference maker. The big unknown in gaming right now is what do games look like when you don't have to run them locally on your system, which means they can run on more powerful systems. They can run multi-user dimensions, <laughs> MUDs, uh, a lot more effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means the kinds of programs they design and create can benefit from architecture they control, not your p- random PC jank and uh, console jank. Like they have, you know, one series of super servers that, and they're designed to leverage gaming in a whole new way you can't even imagine. Maybe a, a battle royale with on a needle of a pin with 10,000 other players instead of just a hundred, like the possibilities that will take gaming in a space where you've never seen these things before. I think it's a very powerful thing that all these guys are looking to find. Mm-hmm. And I think it's leveraged through cloud gaming. So, and I think Xbox, I think Microsoft is showing at least a desire to get that power to everyone around the world. And Sony is just like, well, we got good games. So they're looking to me more like the the boutique where you go to spend a thousand dollars on a t-shirt, and there are people who like this kind of stuff, and those, so those will be those consumers. And Xbox is more like everyone gets games, and we'll make money from giving everyone games, and they may be bad and they might be good. They'll range, but right, we love games, and you'll be able to play games in ways that you've never played before or anywhere else, and that's our exclusivity, which I feel is exciting, and I'm rooting for them. I want that to be the case. Yeah, I hope it is. You yeah. Know? Well, it does seem like the right focus compared to the last weird ideas they had. Like it, it feels like the answer, if they learn anything from the generation, it was, yeah, Sony was right. Gamers want to focus on games. If Microsoft's strategy right now isn't completely game focused, I don't know what else to call it. Like it's, it's very game focused. It's almost entirely game focused. They don't even seem to care that much. If you buy the hardware, they're more interested in your playing games, wherever you're at using their services and giving you compelling reasons to use them. So it's a strong argument and it's the one that worked on me with Sony last gen. And this one seems even more that direction. So it might even be more correct to say they're both doing what they need to be doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they all have smart people working for them. They probably are doing the the best move they have available to them for this generation. And that's what we're saying. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Because it doesn't feel like PlayStation 5 was bad in any way. And it almost makes me feel bad to say, uh, they even react that way. I'm like, lots of amazing stuff to showcase. They're going to have a good box that's comparable. They're doing fine. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. Let's talk about some of the games they showed because they did show some more stuff. Flannel, uh, f- f- flannel, flannel fantasy, final fantasy yep. 16 is coming. Uh, console exclusive. Flannel fantasy. <laughs> it'll yeah, also be on PC. <laughs> so, so one, so just important to note, it'll be on PC as well. And maybe, PS4 or is it PS5 only? I don't actually know. Uh, I don't know. They said PlayStation console exclusive also coming to PC. So that could be four. That could be 
four or five, Wait, five only. <laughs> yeah, it's I'll a bet. PlayStation Five console exclusive, also coming to PC. No, no, no. It's, right. Yes, yeah. so it's console exclusive, meaning exclusive on consoles, so no other console gets it except Sony ones. Uh, okay, all right. Kind of like yeah. uh, it's like what's the one that you just bought, John? Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn is a is a PlayStation exclusive, but it's also on PC, so it's only exclusive to their console. I get it. They get to use the word exclusive, which sounds like it's something has value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're cheating because it is not an exclusive. It's totally right? cheating. I got it. Yeah. Because in their minds, and they're probably right, they, you know, they Putting see my PC corporate think thing on. It's like, no, it's technically <laughs> correct. And, you know, that it's exclusive as hell. You but should six, buy it. 16 you know? is yeah, also coming it. to PC. Uh, I don't know if it's day and date or not. But um, from what I can tell, this thing's like a throwback to like the medieval stuff they've done in previous incarnations. Yeah, I it actually, when it first started showing, I was like, is this an expansion to Final Fantasy Online? Because it looks like online. Yeah. It, it actually. I'm going to say graphically, maybe not the most impressive thing because I mistook it for the massively multiplayer online role-playing game that's currently out there. But mm. um, it seems it seems interesting. It seems tied into that same sort of thing. You know, they're not calling them summons. They're calling them icons, which is, you know, kind of a whole... There, there's like weird things they do with Final Fantasy where some of the... Some of them have through lines that connect to them, um, even though they're not direct sequels and stuff like that. Right. So it, it seems to have a lot of similar DNA, actually, to the the MMO that's out there right now. Yeah, it feels um, like it leans on fantasy and less on sci-fi. And, the you know, there's no guys in a car in this one. So <laughs> I'm... I'm a yeah. There's no guys in the car. Yeah. Although I still want to play that. Here's my big problem. I love Final Fantasy, but I don't know if I love Final Fantasy anymore. No, wait, like break this down. There's a lot to unpack here. Okay, so there was a point where they decided to drop the turn-based business and make them more uh, hack and slash games. Yep, yep. I kind of checked out at that point. I kind of went to that series for the turn-based combat. That's sort of what I liked. And when it was gone, I was like, okay, well, now you're like a bunch of other games, except I tend to like those games better than how you are doing it. Yeah. And I, so what has happened is, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. I gave it a try. I absolutely loved it. I played through the whole thing. I'm 100% in when part two comes out. But I played on easy because I did not like the combat. I hated the combat through that entire game. I thought it played awfully. And I know I'm not, I know that that's my personal take. I know a lot of people who thought it was incredibly fun and deep and engaging. It's just not what I'm looking for from that, that series. So when I see them, you know, button mashing and like, oh, we're we're blocking at this point and button mashing. I'm just like, that's not what I want from Final Fantasy. It hasn't been for a long time. So uh, unfortunately, as soon as I started seeing gameplay, I was like, oh, that's right. I don't think I like Final Fantasy anymore. <laughs> I did, but I don't know if I like it anymore. Yeah, I saw that same Maybe, thing. And I, I immediately thought, is this just like the remake gameplay? It looked like it was, you know. Maybe it's the sort of thing that if I put on easy and just the combat's trivial at that point. Yeah. I'll be fine with it. Their stories are usually good, even in ones that I really, really don't like. Like 12 
where everything about 12 annoyed me, but there were some really cool ideas in that story where I was like, okay, I can power through the most annoying character ever in video gaming to enjoy this story. And I, I was mostly able to do that, but um, yeah, I mean, I know I'm, I'm old school. People have evolved. There's a reason they keep making those games with action-based combat instead of turn-based, but this is my personal take. That game uh, started its trailer with a little uh, caption that said, this has been, ca- this was captured by a PC, not on a PlayStation five, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, well, chat room has been saying that square Enix removed in the YouTube version of the trailer, the PC language. And they even same person said square Enix is asking to remove mention of the PC version. Too bad. That genie's out of that bottle. That graphic didn't come out of nowhere. Yep. I would eat a hat if this never comes out on PC. Might not be launching on PC, yeah. but uh, they've been putting everything out on PC as well. So. Yeah, Square Enix is no stranger to putting everything they make on PC. So. The most annoying thing is they're all they're both personal computers, and it's like, you know, know, you know right? you're, they're just doing it for at like oh we're trying to they're, they're trying to make propaganda they're like we screwed up the propaganda <laughs> <laughs> like it's so annoying on so many levels that, you're, like, you're right that's everyone, what they messed up and because- it's not 1998 everyone all knows they're all computers everyone knows your smartphone's a computer they know your xbox is a computer nobody in existence now doesn't understand what computers are doing everyone's inside because of the pandemic and they get their computer Anyway, sorry, that was a rant. And I, I like that rant. That rant went places. Yeah, it was good. But it's it's such a it's such a trivial, most important thing in the world <laughs> that they didn't take it off, you know. It's like, not on PC, it's on console PC. Yeah. It's a difference. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I uh I like the trailer because um I don't know, a return to the more medieval sort of magic. I mean everyone's accent is all yes, hello. <laughs> like a lot of that. That's fine. Uh, it's a nice change. I got to stop that there because I just said everyone knows something about computers and apparently Dwight Schrute is in the chat and he says his Amish friend knows check about computers. <laughs> 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 of all people to be in the chat is someone named Dwight Schrute. <laughs> He's going all in. He's like a Twitter account yeah. that pretends to okay, be. Okay, everyone but that, that one guy doesn't know that the computers are everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the references. Wasn't there? Wasn't the, the bots and Twitch are getting so sophisticated, man? But Dwight Schrute in the office had a friend who was Amish, and they'd go there sometimes, right? So this guy's his brother. So yeah. this guy's playing like Dwight. He's so doing it's either it's either a joke account where he's named himself Dwight Schrute, or this bot is so complex that it listens to every stream. <laughs> the audio for mentions of subjects relating we didn't even t- say the office could be and then drops into the chat room and just says like random stuff in response because of a you know an ai chat bot or something yeah well what I an can, age i can say um weirdly i kind of want to play this i think it yeah. looks cool yeah i, I you just, need to play seven remake you should you need to do yeah, it really uh, if you're ready for this you know what i like about this final fantasy trailer is it doesn't look like like you know and i like it in seven and i think the last one was like this it doesn't have a future tech fantasy look this looks like they're going a little more medieval like medieval oh big time dragons like, and the costumes and stuff and that was cool yeah yeah and, and yeah and like they're you know there's still is this emo touch to one of the main characters but that's wouldn't be final fantasy without that. oh yeah are you kidding yeah still who's it's, your it looks you gotta it have a chosen, you gotta have a chosen yeah. one and he's gotta be pissy that's the rule 
Yeah, he's upset. Yeah, it's got to be all upset. All right. I think that looked good. What else did they show? Spider-Man, Miles Morales. That game and also what they showed of the new Call of Duty, which doesn't really drive me. I'm not really in the mood for a new Call of Duty, but both of those really showed off the ray tracing tech. There was some really cool light physics going on in those games. And yeah. that is my most excited thing about graphics moving forward, whether it's these, where it's whether it's the new NVIDIA cards. It doesn't matter to me. They're all doing what I want them to do in that regard. And that those effects looked... I was... I mean, I'll admit I was looking for them because I'm like, all right, show me what you got, Sony. Let's see your let's see your ray t- tracing tech. Um, and they did not disappoint. That stuff looks really, really great. Every reflection. Oh yeah, every time he does his venom blasts and everything lights up yellow and reflects yellow properly, you're like, ooh, this game looks. It's good. crazy. I mean, if you th- think about what this is, Tom Merritt mentioned this today when he was in college. They were creating still images with ray tracing and they would take four hours to like render for a simple still image light effect. Mm -hmm. They were using a single shot ray trace as a basis for an image. And that was a long time ago. He was in college 20 years ago or whatever. Um, Today, every frame is one of those and it's being rendered on the fly. And it took this long for us to get to a place where the processing power can do it. And now you're talking about, in virtual space, particles of light are behaving like they do on the real world. And that is so cool. It's so cool if you think about how intense that is. So anyway, yeah. that all looked really good. I mean, Final Fantasy, I could barely tell if any of that was being used. But um, in fact, I have the suspicion it isn't. But the Spider-Man one looked great. That is also coming to PlayStation 4. So I, I suspect there's a bit of a downgrade on that version of it. But it'll probably still look fine. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's what we thought it was. They showed a little more story and, and stuff, but it's spider, you know, it's miles Morales being Spider-Man yeah, shooting his webs. And by the way, his gross webs, I get, I like his webs a lot cause they're not organized. You know what I mean? So it's Wait, like, what? this is true in the comics too, right? Where Peter Parker's got nice little ropes, basically the shoot out of his web shooters. They're nicely little, you know, uh-huh. it seems like every time miles Morales fires one off, it's just, like a big spray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I never marked that actually. That, that's not uh that's not necessarily a thing, but yes, I know what you're talking about. I don't think there's like he has special messy web shooters. But <laughs> no, I don't I, think they're I, messy by their nature, but maybe about. he's not as good at it or something. And I know they're not yeah, organic, the but reflection of his character. Right. Like more like he's nervous and young and just getting into this and oh my gosh, this is such a I'm new to this being this hero and then oh shit there goes another bad you know what I mean I don't know I'm getting that vibe from it a little bit yeah but also he's into graffiti right and tagging things so it's also part of a street style maybe yeah I think it's I, deli- it seems deliberate it but seems I'm not like an expert. I could I be wrong much too, comics. yeah I don't know depends on who draws them some people love webs Todd McFarlane love webs oh yeah that dude dreamt of webs when like he was making webs. Peter Parker shooting a web that thing would web everything immediately yep. all yep. webs and it was always well, he was the one that came up with that first ropey style right where it was all like wrapped around each other and little yeah. knots and stuff he was he was like he pioneered the new web tech moving mm-hmm. forward previous to that it was just like straight shooter looking white yeah, just lines like straight lines with little cross hatch it yeah. was like it looked like a screen door yeah he was yeah, webbing yeah, yeah. them up with hashtags yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I'll take the newer stuff but anyway that looked great uh, they also talked about the PlayStation Plus collection again oh one thing they did say was 
or they didn't make clear was that all of these games in that collection would be up in any significant way. They did say some PlayStation pro stuff, uh, but setting or things that, that PlayStation pro supported that made certain games look better, that that will automatically be supported like HDR or whatever. But that seemed a little weird. That whole bit seemed fishy to me. That was that. If there was anything in this presentation that felt like it was last minute slapped together, it was that. And I think it's because that was their attempted answer to say, hey, we got services. Look at this value over here for your money. I feel like that's what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, most of those games, if not all of them, I'd have to look to double check. But um, almost every one of those games, I think, has been available on PlayStation Plus already. So there's a pretty good chance you actually, if you have a PS4 and you were diligent about being subscribed and getting your free game, you probably already have most of the games from the PlayStation plus collection, um, which is another part of why that value seemed a little odd to me. And why I said, if you didn't have a PS4, it's a really good value. If you did, it might not be that great, which is because you probably already have these games. It kind of checks the box of, well, I bought a bunch of digital stuff and I want to make sure I have it when I come over here. This is sort of a way that you have that guarantee. Although ironically, you're paying monthly for it. So that's what I'm curious about. If I own some of these games outright, like if I bought God of War and I don't want to sign up to PS Plus, do I have God of War when I go over to my PlayStation 5 because I own that game digitally? I don't think I necessarily do. Yeah. But we'll have to see. Like, that's the stuff. That's why I need somebody to come out and talk to me. Yeah. Like, hype videos are great, but I need somebody to just come out on stage and go, all right, you got questions. Here's how it's going to work. Let me break it down for you. You own God of War, right? Yep. Okay. Did you get it through PlayStation Plus? No, I paid $60 for it. Great. Okay. When you play PlayStation 5, it's tied to your account. You can download it here. And I go, Thanks, Sony man. Thanks for talking to me. I'm glad you did. I understand it now. <laughs> yeah, that's all I want. And they can do that with these presentations. Microsoft's done a better job of interstitial conversation with developers and stuff. Sony doesn't do any of that. They just show abstract X's and O's and squares and like an occasional triangle. And you're just like throbbing blue triangle. Ooh, what is that? That's the triangle again. Okay, next game trailer. Like, I don't know. I just, that stuff didn't work for me as well as it might have in a different time. I want more info. And they can do it. They just have the guy the, the guy with the cool accent who's in charge of everything. Have him stop for a minute and go, we know that you gamers really enjoy the bear, bear, bear. And then he can tell <laughs> oh, us how things are going. C-3PO out. <laughs> <laughs> R2. Yeah, no, he wasn't quite like that. We didn't. You didn't bring up that uh, the Hogwarts thing in the main list I here. did. I put it in also showed because I didn't give two shits about well, and that's, it. Well, so that's, that's why I asked. There. That's why I brought it up. Do you do you truly not give any sh- two shits about Hogwarts? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I think that Harry Potter was something I very much enjoyed reading at the time. I think J.K. Rowling, not to get too political, has done everything in her power to tarnish that legacy since it came out, mm-hmm. including some things very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a it's not a world I'm interested in. That said, it's the game I wish I had when I was into Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. Like every year they churned out a you're going to get to play Harry Potter's first year in Hogwarts. Make sure you figure out the secret of the Philosopher's Stone. And you're like, okay, great. It's the game I wish I had back then. So I can totally get why there's going to be people super excited about it. 
but it didn't move the needle for me. And I also knew it was going to open the door to a conversation I didn't want to have. I will say <laughs> it is a very pretty, that's one of the prettier presentations. Now, whether that yeah. stuff was all rendered, uh, pre-rendered or that was gameplay, I can't, I, I don't know, but it looked really nice. So I will give them that uh, for that. Also, the other one, the one on, on that list I wanted to bring up was Resident Evil Village or 8. Uh, will I play that game? Probably. Will I, may it, will it be the thing that kills me finally? Probably. That'll probably be what kills me. I'll, that's how I'll die. It's <laughs> playing that game. Because <laughs> that looks really... just accepted it. It's going to be a horror game. Someone's going to purchase your death for you and then you're going to play it. And I'm probably going to be there in your ear going... <laughs> oh no <laughs> he's dead <laughs> somebody check his pulse no i it is it, that looked just as usual just terrifying to me this this post seven stuff seven and on psh, they just know right they know where my buttons are and that trailer and the additional stuff they showed really got me anyway a whole bunch of other really stuff cool yeah. moment where the art style changed to be like a storybook mm-hmm I was really into that. Um, I thought that was neat. I don't know. I'm sure that's going to be in the game somewhere. I don't know if it's going to factor into it in any way, but. Yeah. Hard to say. Right. Yeah. But it looked like it was, I think you're probably right about that. Um, I, uh, what else was going to say about, Oh, everything else looked fine. Death loop looks interesting. Interesting. Could care less about Fortnite having a version ready on day one. Who gives a freaking flying turd. I hate that. I know people care, but I don't care. Kids care. Demon Souls remastered. Demon's Souls remastered. Uh, looked pretty, uh, but I don't like Demon Souls. So it looked really pretty. I got excited about that, but there's still there's also something about that trailer that didn't seem to reflect how I remember that game. It was just the knight, and he's just like tunk tunk tunk, and then he just blocks, and there's no like recoil to the block or anything. He just blocks stabs. Yep. Tunk, 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 blocks stabs and i was like this game is not that easy if if he was playing like this he would be dead eight times already yeah so there's also a part of me that feels like i was sold a bill of goods with that trailer because i'm like that's not what this game is this is a game where you block and something knocks you over tears your head off and they're like oh you died well now you need to do all of that again and you're going to do it at half health yeah. go for it yeah it's not my jam it's punishing in a way that I could never play it. I can't do those games. I, I, I love that people love them and I love it exists as a weird subgenre. And it's like, I mean, this thing looked like Diablo up close. It's yeah. gorgeous. Uh, but I, I can't have all those other things. It's for a different version of me. It's for a version of me that's up late on a college night when I didn't give a shit about anything. And I had all the time in the world to burn. I can't do that in these games. It's just too much for me. But anyway, it looked neat. Um, I was gonna say I had one more thing to say about that. I forgot what it was. Yeah, I don't Any remember. Those other games stand out. Uh, Devil May Cry Five SE looked nice. Just a, you know, again, nice and upresed. Uh, Odd World is a. I have a. I have a s- secret love for Odd World games. I really like Abe's Odyssey and those like side scrollers. This looks like a return to to what I like. So I'm actually excited about that. There's also, it was originally a local uh, developer here in Salt Lake that did it. So I kind of have this like nostalgia for thinking somebody cool in Salt Lake made it. So anyway, Hmm. I kind of like those games. I think those all world games are cool. And this looks like, like I say, a a throwback to what made them cool in the first place. Um, What else? That's it, really. The rest were kind of meh. 
Like Black, yeah, Black Ops looked beautiful, but it looked like Call of Duty, dude. I was just like, okay, I can't. Yeah, it's going to be everywhere. Like yeah. the big news about Call of Duty is that the alpha is going to be on the PlayStation 4 soon. I think like in a couple days or something. Multiplayer, so, right? Multiplayer yeah. alpha, yeah. So what does this do to... I still understand what it does to the current Call of Duty, which is a big established like thing now. Like there's a Battle Royale in there and there's a bunch of multiplayer of its own. And I don't get how that works. And will I, don't it be know. On- I don't think they know. This is a company that for years and years put out map packs that you had to pay for and then was like, we don't know why it's hard for people to find matches. We split the player base into so many different queues and groups based on whether they bought our dumb maps or not. I don't know why they're not all playing together. Yeah. Like the fact that they haven't figured this out is honestly just a testament to their legacy. They probably didn't think about it. Yeah. So I don't know what to think wow. about that. <laughs> I remember they made with the last Black Ops game, Black Ops 4, they made an entire Battle Royale game that's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> Why would yeah. you make that tempor- like a temporary thing? Whereas Warzone, my understanding is Warzone will continue on, including this release. Warzone is still the Battle Royale, like the big multiplayer thing that just goes on and a separate download and everything if you want it. So they're getting that right this time. But what was that even about? Like, it's a weird, they're weird. They're weird. I'm sure it's fine, though. It has its fans, obviously. It thinks sells more than anything else every time it comes out. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Immortals Phoenix Rising. Remember, we kind of oh, talked about this last sorry. week. Sorry. Oh. One last thing. Yeah. You, you had it highlighted. So I just want to make sure we talk about it. Uh, after all of it, Jeff Keeley got on Twitter and tweeted out that Persony. So this is coming per Sony via Jeff Keighley. Yeah. Uh, pre-orders for the PlayStation 5 will begin tomorrow at select retailers. Oh, so. and we didn't mention dates. I'm glad you brought that up. So PlayStation 5, both versions coming November 12th to the U.S., Japan, and a bunch of other uh, territories. I didn't write them all down. Um, and then the 19th in all the remaining ones. So there's a split on the Sony release. The Microsoft release is... Uh, as far as I know, no no limit on that. And they're coming out earlier. They're coming out on the 10th. So the 10th, you can get all the Microsoft stuff. Whether or not being first to market by a few days matters, I, I don't know. I have no idea what yeah. difference that do you, makes. Do you think people are really excited about these things, these boxes, really? I think so. Gamers, um, is there... Like, I, I just feel like kind of out of touch with it and, and just my own personal opinion is not reliable. I'll <laughs> tell you like, what, I'll tell whatever. you what, dude, neither is mine because I'm feeling excited, but I'm not sure why. I think I just like the, uh-huh. this part of well, the, I know the you industry. enjoy it though. Like I, I understand the intellectual pleasure involved in all of this. Yeah. The, in, the industry level stuff. I really love, I love following it. I love the competition. I love watching it and reporting on it and talking about it. So that's why I think that's why I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I know what I was going to say. Sorry. Just sorry. It just came to me. Uh, the They have a logo. So Sony's using a logo now where their X and their O and their triangle and square all are kind of floating up close to your face, but then they all like come out and, and sit still and then says Sony Studios or whatever. Yeah. They're doing like Marvel where it's like, it starts to rotate, and on this X, there's a uh, the lady from uh, New Dawn or Horizon Zero Dawn going with her arrow, and then it floats this direction, and on the side of the zero is Miles Morales going Rrr. like they're using these like uh, you know Nathan Drake. They're using their <laughs> they're using the Sony Cinematic Universe to like paste them on the side of their things, and it kind of annoys me a little because it's like a total ripoff. But anyway, whatever, it's not a big deal. Yep, yeah, not that yeah. big. Their marketing is a lot like that though. It's not the first time, you know, right. 
It's yeah, they used the Spider-Man font for the PS3. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they totally did. I forgot they did that. Man, they were counting on that tie-in back then. The movie and stuff. And it was three, right? I mean, look, it's a fine font. I stole it for my baby announcement. So, you know, what are you going to yeah, do? But that's because you're, fine that's font, you're but... funny and it's ironic and you're funny that way. You got You knew the joke going in. Right. Oh, well, I, never, I don't think I've never heard the story. Then did they actually try to marry the P- Spider-Man three to the PlayStation three? Oh, there was style? so much cross promotion. You could buy a PlayStation three and a copy of the Blu-ray of Spider-Man three for some special deal. They oh, oh wow. it was it was they super made tight a bad and... bet on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like the I like this third one just fine, but you know, three's terrible. Oh. Yeah, I guess I like Terabad movies. It's fine. It's okay. I usually disagree with Bo. I think Spider-Man three is not great. I think it's better than it gets made out to be. Okay, what's good about it? Sandman's good. That's it. Sandman's good. I actually think that the problem is is I think all the vi- all the villains are underutilized. Yeah. I don't necessarily have a problem with Venom. I think Topher Grace was a weird choice, but I also kind of understood where they were coming from with it. Like, yeah. let's do somebody who could have been Peter Parker. Like, let's do the dark mirror reflection sort of thing. So I kind of get where they were going. I just, Bruce they Campbell's didn't, in like, it. They didn't lean into it. They didn't <laughs> lean into Sandman. They didn't lean into Green Goblin again. And as a result, it was a little disheveled. Yeah. And Bo's right. Bruce Campbell wasn't it like he wasn't all the Sam Raimi cameos. So I guess that counts for something. I'm, I'm not going to sing this movie's praises, but I don't dog it the way some people enjoy dogging it. I That's really all. don't. I like think it. it's fine. And I wish you I know, it. it's bad. It was no X-Men three, the last stand. No, like, that's really bad. There's way worse uh, superhero movies, even in the Marvel camp. Oh, for I'd, sure. Yeah. I'd watch Spider-Man three over Thor: The Dark World any day. I still haven't seen Thor: The Dark World. So it's bad. It. Is it oh, that I bad? See. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait. Whoa. So both it's both. Do you take it's counterpoint? Fine. Okay. It's fine. It's. I agree that if you're thinking of the Marvel movies, it's not an exciting one to pick out of the lineup. Like it deserves its spot in the lower swing of things. But like, we're just. We like it's you just bang it on it for like fun or for pleasure. Like it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It actually has some really cool stuff in it. And it if you enjoy the Thor Loki dynamic, it has a lot of that in it. I do like the Thor Loki dynamic. The problem is is it's a movie that wears on its face. Even before I knew it was actually true, it's a movie that on its face everybody clearly isn't happy to be there. Mm. Sure, I I guess was that the behind the scenes story? Yep. I don't know that. Everybody know wanted that. out. Natalie Portman gone after Idris Elba didn't want to do another one until they convinced him otherwise. Mm-hmm. In fact, he didn't even want to finish the one he was in. Like people were not thrilled. It went through multiple directors. It was supposed to have Patty Jenkins, who went on to do Wonder Woman as the director. They got rid of her. Mm-hmm. Like. People were pretty unhappy on the set so, of that movie. Yeah, this is because you know what was going on. I didn't know any of this. I, just I didn't watched know it. I was it like, it's the right movie. But I wasn't surprised to learn it. Mm. Uh, so I guess that the, you know the story behind a film can affect how the people, at least of the time, perceive it if they're aware of it. Oh, I, I, and I don't know. I'm just like, why the... are people 
It's fine. Like it's a Marvel movie. <laughs> What's his name? Christopher Eccleston is the main villain, and he's a guy who I don't think is happy to be in anything he's ever been in. <laughs> I love. Yeah, Christopher that's just, you want that. That's I what you want. That <laughs> that's him. He's fine, seen? but every time you hear an interview with him, he's like, "Well, it was the worst experience of my career." Like, what? How'd you like being on Doctor yeah. Who? Well, I hated it, so I only did <laughs> one. <laughs> this is the problem with the internet. This is the problem with the internet. It's like you, we have this skewed view of actors because they are in our favorite stuff, and then we think they're great. They're assholes like all the rest of us. Well, they <laughs> like, can be. Here's the thing with him: if you guys have ever seen The Leftovers, he was fantastic in The Leftovers. Did he enjoy his time on the set of it? He was there for full three seasons and smiled a lot. So I, I can only <laughs> okay. Well, he he's in twenty eight days later. Oh, he's he is in twenty eight days. Days later. days later, he probably yeah. played more himself. It sounds like, and he's in in Bruges. Yeah, man, that movie. Oh, scary. he is in it in Bruges. He's I great. like him. I'm just telling like you, him. every interview I read with him is him talking about how much he stop, hated. Stop the watching. He was stop watching interviews with actors. <laughs> I was doing it for a little while. I was like, these guys are <laughs> annoying as shit. Like, you know, I'd they like did those um, Hollywood Reporter roundtables. They're all talking about their profession of acting and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I can't stand these people. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I was well, like, I love their movies. I love their work. I'm an admirer of what they do. But good God, man. If you like, <laughs> like but if you like, they are self-absorbed somebody, to like an insane degree. Like, I just want fun. somebody to ask him, hey, what's a movie you really liked working on? And just give us the answer finally. And then I'll be like, oh, great. He had a good time in, in Bruges. Yeah. He probably did. He, he seemed, he he seemed to did. have a much better time. In I know I had a good time in, in Bruges. So uh, I assume everyone who made it did as well. Yeah. Um, all right. What else? Uh, immortal. Oh, the, we found out some more stuff about this Immortals Phoenix Rising thing. So they renamed it from Gods and Monsters. And I don't know if you read this, John. I don't have the article here. I got to find it. But apparently, it was some lawsuit or threatened lawsuit from the Monster Energy Drink Company that changed it. That's what did it. I can't. I can't even get my head around. Really? That. Yeah. How do they have the better handle on who gets to use the word monster? Give me a freaking break. That's the dumbest dumb. thing. Wait, really? They yeah. trademarked the word monster? Monster. How did we change. let them do that? Who saw That's... that and said, yeah, you can have the word monster? That's not something anybody else needs to use. Here it is. Ubisoft renamed Gods and Monsters due to a trademark dispute with Monster Energy. Uh, the publisher reported they'd been challenged by the drink company, threatened with lawsuits. Let's see. The dispute seems to have risen, but or the reason behind the new name. Gods and Monsters, right? Yeah, it's stupid. I, I can so think of, there it's are other not a games. trademark. It's a title of a work of art. I agree. So it says here the like, game's original name uh, was reportedly opposed to by drink brand Monster Energy, according to documents uncovered by TechRaptor.com. The company had opposed Gods and Monsters trademark, claimed it was the game uh, that the game's title would lead to confusion and cause damage to its various monster branded drinks. <laughs> yeah, it was going to really damage it because I was going to be sitting there trying to drink my freaking copy of Gods and Monsters. Why isn't this a disgusting energy drink i don't understand (laughs) or someone was going to be sitting there pushing a can into their ps4 it's not working make it go go. shut up monster energy i agree it's stupid this is what they said probably couldn't get away with it but ubisoft probably decided not to they were like i don't want to fight yeah something like that yeah Um, because i'm it that yeah, we have to move on to the next subject. Hold on, I want to tell you what they said. This is what they said in the documents. <laughs> a poser will be damaged by registration of the applications and that application's mark is resembling a poser's monster marks. 
including a registered to the PTO Patent and Trademark Office, and in which a poser owns common law trademark uh, as to be likely when used on or in connection with applicants' goods and services as to cause confusion or to cause mistakes or others to, to deceive. Okay, first of all, a reminder that I don't know how lawyers do it. My hat's off to all of you. What a boring-ass world that is. I can't even believe you guys have to talk like that to each other. Secondly, that's stupid. John's right. I know the difference between a video game and monster energy drink. Well, hang on. Forget the drinks. Oh, no, wait. It's still a drink. It's still a drink to a video game comparison. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, like, what's up with Monster World Hunter or Monster Hunter World? Which yeah, is, what's wrong with anything like, with the name Monster? There's a hundred like, things why, Monster in it. Ubisoft, those guys got away with it. Like, call your game whatever the hell you want and tell Monster Energy to, you know, stop bugging you. Like, I think they read that thing Scott just read and went, I don't want to deal with this. Let's just call it, let's call it something else. Yeah, it does feel like it wasn't maybe but that Monster's important. owned by, like, Coke or something, right? Uh, no, they're their own thing, I think. Let me Are see. they? Wow. Yeah, you assume at some point they get bought up and picked up by the big cola distributors, but okay. Um, sure it's true. just I just thought maybe it was also someone they didn't want to piss off if they have relationships with them. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah. could be a reason. Well, Wasn't um, Monster Energy featured prominently in that last Kojima game? Uh, yeah, they had some deal going, some kind of like cross you'd see promotion. Norman Reedus sitting on his bed, and there'd be Monster Energy cans all around. Yeah, him. and he was always drinking one slowly on camera and stuff. Yeah, he had to get amped so he could yeah. or not amped, monstered up so it was he like, could carry a bunch That was of like Michael Bay's uh, Michael Bay's The Island when they um <laughs> they did an, they had an Xbox virtual thing in the future, but it was the old OG Xbox logos on all the walls, <laughs> and it was right around the time that you could go buy a new Xbox. And I just remember thinking, oh. Okay, well, this is ridiculous. That's not good for you. No. Uh, by the way, their their full company name is Monster Beverage Corporation, and uh, they were founded in 1935 in Southern California. They originally sold juice products. All this monster business is more recent. So there. they uh, they used to drive to my college campus and just hand out drinks to people like drug dealers that were allowed to get away with it. Yep. Because they were. That's exactly. I mean, I joke about it now. At the time, I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah. But that was I mean, it tastes pretty damn good. And it was a free drink. But I, I have a real, um, it's not, there's Mango Loco, but there's another one that's like pomegranate or something. It's oh, fruit, the fruit punch flavor. Oh, you like it's that? It's the best thing on earth. Really? Oh, yeah. Do you oh, feel, yeah. It's very like now. You're going to have like, a heart my, attack my, after you drink it. I haven't it? had one in like three or four months now, but like. It's the best. Does the like, does the caffeine affect you? Does it bug you? Oh yeah, it's yeah. full of caffeine and sugar. Like I, I don't even know how it react. I haven't had a soft drink. I have like what do you guys call it? Uh, cola. Um, we call it poppers. Soft drink up. Here. I don't think you we call them colas, do we? No, no, I call them sodas. Sodas. Yeah. Yeah, we call them. Sodas. I haven't had like a, a soda that that has you know sugar or caffeine in like three months so. if someone calls just every soft drink a cola then they're crazy and i know there are people that do where my wife's from in mississippi they all say coke for everything so even yeah, if you there's want a the regional up, thing to yeah. the soda pop coke i don't yeah. know i don't know anywhere where they call them colas but because cola is uh, co- that's just the flavor cola flavoring is like coke and pepsi and stuff right isn't that what cola is? Yeah, yeah, that's actual cola. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, well, then people shouldn't cola. do that. They should call it something else. Is all I'm saying. Anyways, I haven't had one in a while, but uh, the, that particular flavor of monster is quite good. Yeah, 
anyway, Immortals Phoenix Rising actually looks kind of cool. So yeah, I got also I got to do a little retraction. I kind of gave Ubisoft some shit because I thought they had changed the female protagonist from the first video to a dude, yeah. which they've been known to do. Yeah. So I threw a little shade their way, but nope, that is not the case. So. She's just a uh, kind of. Are you saying she's unfair a man- shade that was thrown at Ubisoft? Is she, in this case, is she completely manly? fair for others? Is it a manly character? Is that the problem, or no? It was. Uh, they only released a couple screenshots initially. It was from the back and the side. It was very hard. to I tell. mean, look, I've, there were a couple of times where I wasn't sure when I'd look in a at a Zelda game if Link was a lady. Sometimes, just kind of, you know, it's feminine attributes. It's okay. It's fine. It's not a problem. But it's just, you know, sometimes you can't tell. So, well, I guess the big question is, is Link handsome or is Link pretty? Link is, no, li- Link pretty. is ambiguously elf. Yeah. Right. But is he pretty? Is he a pretty think, ambiguous, ambiguous he's elf? Probably both. Bloth? Bloth. Bloth. He's, he's yeah. bloth. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> but I don't want to answer. Bloth. Uh, made me laugh for no hey, reason. I don't know if both Scott... <laughs> Oh, both? Yeah. <laughs> really both. No, no, no. That's the thing. I have, I have no room to do this. I have no room to say anything because I say both already. I say wait instead of wait. Like, I've got my things, but there was something about bloth that's funny. I don't know why. Bloth. Bloth. Oh, that's good. Bloth. It's a, right. isn't he a, he's a animation guy. Bloth. Oh, Don Bloth. Yeah. yeah. Don Bloth. Just had his yeah. birthday, in fact. Uh Three four days ago, Don Bluth turned seventy something, and uh, yeah, he's old. Another Utah connection went to BYU Film School. Anyway, moving on. Right. Let's now go here to this. Oh, I already did that. <laughs> uh, time to talk about the games we've been playing this week. I am still min maxing. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm maxing out Mad Max, the open world Mad Max game from 2015. And I can't believe I'm actually doing it, but I'm having so much fun doing it that it's not a problem. So I beat it. I did that. I already talked about this. Beat the story last week. Um, beat all the side missions that are story based. And now I'm just clearing out all the bonus stuff. So here's a place with a scrap heap go find it and get that get those extra cars from the races and i'm just gonna go full 100 man what's the I mean, worst thing that you have to that you're like feel compelled to do because you want to complete it but you kind of hate doing it what's okay, the worst there's one that i hate doing and thankfully it's very few that you do um like it's only two zone two places in an entire zone that you're trying to clear but you have to go clear landmines have been planted by some of scrotus's people mm. and you have to go, you have to, you can fast travel, but you can fast travel or drive to one of your main encampments. The one where Liam is gut gash, he's called. And I go in there and, uh, you have to swap out cars. So you're not going to take out your, your amazing car. You're going to take out this thing called the chum bucket. And it's the mm-hmm. shitty rickety thing. And you got to, and you can't fast travel with it. You have to drive it wherever you're going to take it. And so you get on that thing and you got to go, you figure out where it is. You know where the spot is to go clear the mines. There's a dog in the back. So your dog is back there and you drive all the way out there. Now, the problem isn't so much the driving. It's between there and there. You get like war parties on the road. We'll show up and a bunch of war boys will go, oh, you get him, boy. And they all turn on you and start bashing your car and trying to destroy it. So it's hard because I don't have a way to fight back. This thing has no turbo. It's got no good weapons. It's just a piece of shit. So you always have to kind of do that. Usually you make it though. Like a lot of times I'll just bail out of it and then 
get in the street and dodge their cars for a second. They'll eventually give up on trying to run me over and they'll get out of their cars and come at me with fists. And then I'll just mm-hmm. fight them and win and then leave. So it's not a big deal. But again, it just slows me down. When I get to the mine thing, the dog starts barking and aiming his head the direction of where the mines are. So <laughs> this way. So you follow the dog <laughs> that awesome. way and you slowly move until he, he's, he's going, and then suddenly we go, and then that means he's found it. And then out in front, you'll see a little mine and now an icon will be on it. You get out and you go over there, hit A, and you disarm it. There's three of those per patch. And then you've cleared it for good and you never have to look at it again. So they're a pain while I do them, but they never have to do that one again. Like once you've cleared them, they're done for the game forever. It's not repeatable. It's not grindy. They're just gone. But doing them freaking sucks. And also I get so impatient that I'll drive up with the dog and I'm like, oh, I'm almost there. And I won't let off on the gas enough and I'll run right into one and explode, die, have to go do it again. So that's the worst thing that game makes you do. I like everything else. I like clearing out camps. I like capturing oil wells and pumps. I like doing all the weird shit you do. The story was great. I really, really liked it. I really liked it. And that game looks next gen. You'd be, you'd swear it was something that was just announced. You showed us a so great good. screenshot of it. Yeah. yeah. It looked very pretty. I took that picture. Like, that's, and there were no filters on it. I just took it. <laughs> I didn't, that I didn't do good. anything. It looked crazy. Good. Yeah, it looked real good. So, uh, can't recommend it enough. So I'm clearing that out. I did some streaming with it and people just hung out with me while I went and killed stuff. And it's, it's great. There's also nothing quite like following like a road, um, a brigade of like war boys and stuff and trucks and things that are just happen to be on a highway. And just the feeling of road warrior it gives you because you're launching these harpoon things at these cars and just blowing them to, sh- to shit. And they just are fireballs flying off the side of the road, stuff getting blown everywhere it's just really visceral and never gets old. And I don't know. I'm just sad. It's I'm sad. There's no game. There's no sequel to this because I think it'd be great. I don't, I it must not have sold very well, but it's a I shame. Mean, there's something interesting to the notion that, uh, you know, in this land of video games and trying to make more video games that we can just make a game and then it can just be the thing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Not everything we make has to be franchised. And there's this almost this beauty to, you know, we have the Mad Max game. It's I just want more of it, I guess. I'm like, and well, right also, now, I'll oh, go ahead. Didn't it come I mean, out I understand. like a terrible time? Like, didn't it come out against like Last of Us or something like that? Like, wasn't was, there some major open world game that it was directly competing with? Yes, I don't remember what it was though. It was 2015. Oh, I remember what it was. What was it was Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, and that that was a bummer because. And that was cool too, but it just got overlooked. And the things people complained about it, it was that it was really stark and wastelandy. And I went, what do you think this is? It's Mad Max. Like, I don't want a silly take on this world. I want a hard, dark, hard pan. There's hardly any water. This is rough business kind of take. Uh, and you don't want an ice, ice zone and a fire zone? No, I don't want your those Mad things. Max. I don't want silly stuff like that. I want just like... I want an earnest attempt, and they did that, and I think it succeeded wildly at that. But I also understand you need to be a, sort of a fan of that to to even get past those aesthetics because it really leans into them. And I loved it, but I know it's not for everybody. Um, anyway, that was my problem with uh, Rage Two because mm. those developers went on to make Rage Two. It's a great game, but like there was like a swamp area. And there was a foresty, you know, and everything was jungly and damp, sure. But I, I was like, there's there, even in the desert areas, there were a lot of bushes. Yeah. 
You know, I was like, it's like they somebody told them, "Hey, lighten it up, guys. Let's not be as dark and serious as that last game." And I think it worked against that game, unfortunately. But yeah, I think I think if I think if people are saying about your movie or film that it's bleak and it's meant to be a bleak film because it's on a desert planet, yeah, or desert world, then you just got to lean into it and accept that those people are not going to have positive things to say to you when you do test marketing or whatever. Right. (laughs) Right. I admire that. So I'm, I'm yeah. pretty happy with it. Also, yeah, lot, uh, 2015 was also Witcher 3, which was hard to compete with for any game when it came to open world games. So, so yeah, I feel like it just got, a, it was a weird release. It was one of those underdogs that didn't have, you know, a big chance, but can't say enough about it. It's so damn cheap all the time. You can get it on sale for like five bucks half the time. Um, let's see. Wasteland 3, still playing that. Got a lot further in it and uh, found something out. You guys will like this story. So that game's on Game Pass. That's where I started it. And uh-huh. it's a Microsoft Studios produced thing now. So it's staying there forever. That's great. Um, but they, uh, the developers, I know somebody who works there and they said, hey, I forgot. I have a Steam code here for you. Do you want this? I said, oh, I'd love that. I think I'd prefer to play it over here. I thought what I could do was install that Steam code, which I did install the game and then go get my save files for the install on game pass and move them over. Cause it's the same exact install base. It's the same game. The save files are saved in the cloud only. Yeah. There's no local saves for that game. Oh. And so um, on the steam load there is, so they're both cloud and local, but they're steam cloud obviously. So it's not shared with Microsoft and the, and the uh, the save games are on the local drive. Thankfully, I wasn't so far into that thing that it was that big a deal. But because I was trying to find this out and I'm looking at secret directories and registries, I was like, I was like dead set on finding my save files. I uh-huh. ended up corrupting the install on the on the Game Pass one yeah. and had to just had to chuck it. <laughs> I just couldn't. The whole thing got ruined. I couldn't run it. It was bad. Oh my so I God. deleted it wow, and it started sad. over. And the thing is, I wasn't that far and knew, and I knew enough about the opening of that game that I was like, all right, I know all this and bam, bam, bam. And I got caught up really quick. So it wasn't that big a deal, but still it was annoying. So, oh. Well, that's good to know because yeah. then I don't want to play games because sometimes the games do leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so like, you know, they have theirs, but if it was a, a game that was in for a little bit of time, and yeah, I played party games, 20%, 40%, mm-hmm. and I don't have a way to, like, retain the save file. Well, you do um, if you buy, I don't want to play those games on a Game Pass anyway. If you buy that game before it leaves, they you get to keep it forever, but I don't know where the saves go. I don't know if it's still closed. Well, that's assuming I want to buy it on the Xbox service. Yeah. Right. See, I, I may prefer to buy it on the Steam service because right. Steam is still aces as far as the best platform on PC. Yeah. Yeah. I think the game, like they've made such progress with that app. It's way better than it was, but it's still not ideal. Um, I was playing that Neon Punk game on oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that game. I, I played it, and if you remember, I, I came back and I said I liked it, but it has a lot of things that I would want fixed. Like, there's a lot of issues with this game. And on Steam, they must have heard similar feedback. You could do a, like, pre-release version where they were testing a bunch of stuff before mm-hmm. they put it actually out, and you could play that. That was only available on Steam. 
there's no way to do that on the Game Pass version. So I was in the same boat where I'm like, there's literally a version that does all the things I wish this did that I would give this game a more fair shake with if I could play it here. Yeah. Now, we did. Phil Spencer has said that, you know, they would like to figure out a way to work with Steam. Mm-hmm. So hopefully maybe one day that's something that can be figured out. But yeah, right now that doesn't work ideal. Unlike the EA games where I bought Jedi Fallen Order on Steam when it was on sale and I played that game as part of the origin EA pass thing. Mm hmm. And when I booted it up, it had my save, it had my progress, it had my 100% complete, so I could go right in and do New Game Plus if I wanted to. Yeah. Like, all of that stuff immediately carried over. Yeah, which is so good. That's what you want. That's how it should work. That's how I would hope it would work. I think they definitely need to figure that out and not keep it so locked down. I mean, part of the appeal of the PC platform is that it's not locked down. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And having it arbitrarily, even if they only are doing this temporarily, having it arbitrarily locked down via cloud saves is just weird. But it was an interesting thing to learn. I also learned one other thing about the game of Wasteland 3, Wasteland 3, which I'm really enjoying, by the way. It really is like, I don't know what things to combine here because it's not pure Mad Max. It's kind of, there's a little bit of fallout. These games preceded fallout. So it's not really fair because a lot of what fallout is stole their ideas from, from wasteland one. But, but anyway, wasteland is like a little bit of fallout, a little bit of Western kind of ideas like old West kind of stuff, but in the future where everything's broken down and shitty and, um, a little bit of sci-fi thrown in there, but it's a lot like original sin Two: divinity. It just, it's just got this party system and crazy abilities and insane amounts of customization for your characters. And, and it's got a pretty good sense of humor. Although I'm a little bothered by some people I ran into in a brothel. They just seemed a little on the stereotype side, but maybe that's just, I don't know, maybe games can get away with that in some ways and I'm just not seeing it right. But there was some stuff that was a little weird. Anyway, wasteland three still recommend it. Uh, happy I ended up with it on steam. Oh, the other thing I learned was this playthrough where I had to redo a bunch of stuff. I never knew in the first playthrough if stuff was random. I don't know how gear worked or if some of the damage was dice rolls. Like some of that was just wasn't clear to me. Uh, some of those percentages or whatever. So when I went through this time, I remembered like what boxes I'd opened early on. And definitely there is, it's different loot every time. Like you're never getting the okay. same stuff. So lots of randomization, lots of, uh, you know, a variety, variety, emerging yeah. gameplay with the equipment. You get. Yes. Yes. Um, it's very cool. I wish I had a sniper character right now. I, I did not invest in one and now I'm screwed in my group, but whatever. It's great. I'm not screwed. I'll figure out a way to do it. I have an explosives guy that's ready to tear everybody a new butthole. Uh, I have a tanky guy named Bo who looks like you cause he has a beard oh, or wow. a beard like nice. you used to have. And, uh, he has a giant wrench that he fights with and he's super good at that. <laughs> and, uh, he's really a awesome fighter. I have a, a guy named John who came to me named John, J-O-N. I didn't name him. Oh, wow. Look he's at like, that. He's like a hacker guy and can hack uh, all sorts of like robot systems and stuff from the old world when when he runs into things. And then I got a chick who can, um, she has great perception so she can find out bombs are there before I die. So she's been a real help. <laughs> so this second run through has actually been good for me. You know how it is sometimes with a game, you don't know enough about it and you get a quarter of the way and you're like, eh, I don't know. Am I done? Should I go back? In fact, I know John does this. You totally do this where you're just like, eh, I'm not even happy with the haircut. My character. Has. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds right. So you'll go start over, right? And do it again. I'm really concerned about how having a child's going to turn out because my understanding <laughs> is you do not get to re-roll. Nope. <laughs> and you can't just right stick rotate the kid either. You can't just like look at it and go, okay. You, well. you can't. You don't really know right away too. Like you, it's not. You don't get the fully formed character on birth. You have the character creation takes about eighteen years. <laughs> well, you get a sense of the character you created. It's a uh, it's a great game. Wasteland Three. People should get it. It's a little pricey on the buy it full price, but I still think if you have Game Pass, it's worth checking out over there. And it'll always be on Game Pass, that game, because it's Microsoft Studio. All right. Um, uh, working on Control on Luigi's Mansion 2, 3, sorry, which sits on my Switch and I'm trying to beat it and I'm super lost in it. So that's all I'm going to say about that. John played more Avengers. How's that going? Is it aged well over the last week for you? <laughs> that game's buggy as shit. Um, <laughs> just, just to be clear, I'm going to say some praise things about it, but let me just be real upfront. What a buggy game that is. Uh, mm-hmm. The amount of times I have had to restart a mission because I punched somebody who had to die through a wall and I could not hit them through the wall and they did not want to come back through the wall. Uh, it's been more than five. So that's a lot. Mm. Um, so, uh, but I, I, I'm really enjoying it. Like it's the destiny loop with Marvel characters in the Marvel universe. The characters play and control. Well, there's some really cool things that you can do in there that keep the classes uh, or the characters feeling different. You know, if I'm playing Black Widow, it's very much, it almost feels Tomb Raider-esque because it's just pulling out guns and and shooting and then doing cool takedown moves when people get stunned versus Iron Man where it's like, okay, I'm flying around and he's got modes where it's like, okay, you're using your repulsors or you're using those like beam lasers that he shoots out or you're using missiles and his moveset changes depending on the modes you switch to. So it feels very Iron Man. Um, and it's, it's really, really neat. The things it does well, it does really, really well. Um, but there's just some issues with bugs. And I will say also as somebody who's now beaten the main story and is now in the end game part of it, um, the end game feels a little hollow. Like there's a daily assignments and it's neat that you can complete them quickly. Like, it's not like, Oh, I got to spend three hours doing this. But they don't deliver up a whole bunch of new maps and areas for you to go and do. It's kind of like you still have the check mark next to it saying you've done this before. And it's like, well, you want to go do it again? Mm. It's like, well, I'd feel better about it if it didn't have that check mark next to it. As dumb as it is, even though I know you're going to pull from the same pool of assets and assemble something, like at least make it seem like it's a new something to do and not something I've already cleared already. Um, So... Don't you There's think that's the one things. thing? That's the one thing that made Diablo special. They figured out, and, and where things like Destiny and uh, what was the thing we all hated on the EA game, the Bioware game that sucked. I can't think of oh, Anthem. Yeah, Anthem. They all did this. Pro- they all had this problem. They still have this problem where you got to reuse space and areas, and it doesn't feel dynamic like you've done it all before. Diablo since two, well, since one, I guess, always had this. Um, you know. Uh, procedurally generated stuff like stuff was just being made on the fly so you never saw the same dungeon once or or twice so for some reason that makes it feel like well even though i'm doing the same stuff same rotations 
still getting the same kind of drops. There's the randomized drops of things, and there's this randomized place I'm in. And that combination makes it feel like, even though this is grindy and endgame, I'm doing it in a new way every time. Yeah. And it sounds like that game could use some of that. It could. The other thing it did that is a real problem is I feel like I feel like the temptation that a lot of developers have with these types of games is they go, we could go for years. Think of all the content that's here. We could go forever. And so there's two villains in this game. <laughs> there's Abomination and Taskmaster. It's Wait, the Marvel it? freaking universe. Ugh. You have so many villains. Okay. <laughs> There's also Modoc, who is the villain of the main campaign. Okay. But when you go and do the end game stuff where it's like, oh, there could be a boss, you get either Taskmaster, Abomination, a generic group of these adaptoids, a giant helicopter, or a giant tank. Like, that's it. And it's like, this is the Marvel Universe. You got villains popping out of your ass. Pick some, put something in there that's going to be interesting. But you get the feeling that they were like, oh, no, we got to we got to save these villains for when we want to do something great. We, we can't you can't put Armadillo Man in there and just have him rolling around and doing something like grab somebody. So, right, it sounds and, to me like you're saying they didn't go hard on the paint like they didn't or they didn't hang it, let it all hang out there like they were hungry for it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would say that's exactly it. Like they just they were too precious about it. They're like, oh, we gotta we gotta ease into this because we're gonna release a bunch of content later on. Right. No, so you get do that it from now. the Arkham games, right? You're just like I remember when I first played the first Arkham Knight, I was like, Wow. Like everyone's in this yeah, game. Like, they're all awesome. in jail. That's because all those villains are in jail. Yeah. I mean, that uh, I may play you know what my next finally finish it and beat everything thing will probably be is uh I think I want to play Arkham Knight again. Oh, don't do that. I, I mean, play that game again, but don't hundred percent it. Oh, I won't hundred percent it because I don't want okay. all the I don't want all the question mark things. I don't care. That about Riddler it. stuff is too much. Yeah, it's, it's not worth. It. But all the but the regular part that I never finished, I just want to go finish it. I want to beat that yeah. game. Uh, that guy, by the way, in the uh, just barely put in your uh, chat is Paste Pot Pete. <laughs> Paste Pot Pete, sure. Put Paste Pot Pete in the game yep. so that I can fight something more interesting than a damn tank yep. at the end of the level. But no, they came up with two villains they were going to use, and they're clones. They're like, oh, it can't be the same one because it's clones. <laughs> like, okay. How about Asbestos Girl? Hold on. Oh, no, Asbestos yep. Lady. Have you heard of her yeah. before? Well, you know, it's the, it's the silent killer. I don't think that's what Asbestos <laughs> is. That's true. I think Lady Asbestos would have been a real good supervillain name. Well, who's Sugar Man? Who's that? Do you know that guy? <laughs> no. Okay, I'm going to share Sugar Man with you. Here's Sugar yeah, Man. Let's share that. See what you think of that. Here, I feel like room. I'm going to get oh, some like <laughs> Sugar Man. Sugar tattooed on his arm. Yeah, so he's Sugar Man. Is he a, he's a beret? And which one is it? I I'll is just, it a beret? Oh my god! No, oh, I'm, look, I'm looking at one of the other pictures. How about Turner D Century? Yep, <laughs> that's an amazing yep. name. All right, they have. But the bottom line is, this game could pull from so many great. Oh Marvel my villains. gosh, Turner D Century is amazing. Yeah, look at that guy. My oh gosh. my gosh, he's Stanley, dude. Look at this guy. 
<laughs> that's a quality gentleman right there. Look at him. Listen to this writing. Oh and the astonishing entrance of a wild-eyed uh, cyclist who seems to have burst through the very veils of time itself. Back, defilers of innocence. Make your way for Turner D. Century. Is he a villain or is he a hero? He's a villain. Oh. I think he's, and he's from the past, so he's here to tell the future they're doing it wrong. Why is he better? Uh, like he's like we just discovered bicycles. Like uh, he missed the wrong time. He 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 actually went to the future in like 1960. He should have come to 2020. Yeah, oh. tell us we're doing it wrong. <laughs> Who's type? There's a guy named Typeface who just uses fonts to do shit. Sure. There's some dumb. Don't make going. me take out the Comic Sans. Yeah, it's really bad. Ruby you don't Thursday? like me when I'm Comic Sans. Who's Ruby Thursday? <laughs> All right. There's a guy named Conclusion. <laughs> Here, sorry. Well, is there a site where you can find all of the the, the worst? I'll send you the li- the list I found. It's like the 17 worst or something, and I just pulled from it. But this dude at the bottom, his name is the Conclusion. That's just is he, so is he dumb. like the situation, but <laughs> conclusion know, style. No. I like that the listing of this, like if you go to the article, the primary picture at the top is Wolverine just stabbing one of them right through the stomach. <laughs> and the look on his face is pretty funny too. Who's that guy? Uh that doesn't say. Wait a minute. Yeah, it doesn't say eraser, who he is. Man, the living eraser? Oh, oh that geez. guy's the one below. Yeah, the living eraser. He just erases people. I like his- Leapfrog. Look at him. Is he actually a frog? Is he just in the big suit? <laughs> Look at the last guy on the living eraser, the last panel. It's so great. You have been erased. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> and he was hiding in some grass, someone's lawn. Yeah, like, I don't know what's happening. That's the most villainous place. He's like, <laughs> he's in the spacesuit hiding out in some, some lawn. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, the, the guy getting stabbed at the top is Batrock the Leaper. He's in the MCU. He's oh. in Captain America Winter Soldier. What? Where? How? He's the boat guy that Captain America fights with. They just don't give don't... him the name and make him all... Stupid. Corny. <laughs> All right. Well, I've learned something. Big wheel. Keep oh, there you go. Around. One of these guys is in the MCU. Technically, Stiltman is as well, because the guy who is Stiltman was in the Daredevil TV show is the guy who designed his suit. That's Stiltman? Is his real name Stiltman or Stiltman or something dumb like that? Uh, no, his name is Wilbur Day. Wilbur Day. No wonder he is unheard of by most people, including me. Never heard of him. All right, Bo, you stream some cooking and Rocksmith. Oh, tell me about the cooking streaming. How, what's what are you doing there? That sounds great. What? It says oh, here, well, stream it's, some it's nothing cooking. intentional. I just I went I went home on Friday and I feel like being I wanted to go hang out, but I had no one to hang out with. It's a pandemic. Yeah, and also everyone has kids. Yeah, and everyone's doing stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna turn the camera on and I'm gonna point it at this area of the, the house and I'm gonna cook dinner and everyone's gonna watch me. I'm gonna see what that feels like because. Like the comment I made at the start was, you know, I don't think I've ever been on camera standing up because it felt really weird. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just sitting down all the time. Okay. And yeah, it was enjoyable. I made uh, Paprikash Chirke, which is a Hungarian goulash. It was very good. Sounds good. And I played guitar and just hung out and I never really did an IRL before. 
Was it a, what do you call it? Pumpkin patch couple? Pouple? What was it? Paprikach chirke. Oh, that's close. Chirke is Hungarian for chicken. <laughs> he you made it chirke. harder to say the second time. The first time I thought I understood it. The second time, no. <laughs> Paprikash. Pump, pumpkin cash pouple. You know, you know, paprika? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paprikash. Uh, you mean the anime or the spice? Probably the spice you mean, right? Not the Spice. Anime. So you yes. made paprika chicken. I have seen paprika. I mean, we call it Hungarian goulash, but yes, it's chicken goulash. Do you guys remember? Sorry, this is a small anime sideline real quick here. Um, do you guys remember the song that's in paprika that was very popular? Hold on. I didn't see that movie. Song. In fact, the most popular search here is paprika song. Okay, I'm going to play just a bit of it if I can get it to work. Can you guys hear that? Okay. Yes, that's great. Let me skip ahead. thing that is like two songs playing at the same time oh it's weird for sure <laughs> that's that's crazy but i liked that movie it was very good i saw it in 2008 anyway i don't know why i'm telling you all that let's move on bo was that made uh, by that animator that japanese animator uh, of legend uh yeah a guy named i don't remember his name they talk about him a lot though there were some boobies. he's making like his last movie or something like yeah that. and there's some boobies in it Oh, the director. Wait, I don't think perfect... that's the thing I search for, though. Satoshi... I search for Paprika Show. Yeah. And it this looks like some kids TV show. Yeah. And it says people also ask, why is Stan Paprika in a wheelchair? Oh, that's weird. I don't I don't know what this is. Yeah. If you search P-A-P-R-I-K-A anime or something, you'll find it. It's from Satoshi Kao. Kao. Kone? Khan. Satoshi Khan, the director of Perfect Blue and Tokyo Godfathers. Oh, yeah, this is something completely different than what I looked up. Yeah, it's very good. Have I seen this show? If you haven't seen this anime, it's a movie, I guess. You should watch it. It's weird and cool. I liked it. And I'm not really an anime guy, but I really liked it. If I was an anime guy, I'd have giant eyes. All right, Bo also played. Oh, I I guess the bigger question, though, Bo, will you continue to uh stream cooking did you like the experience uh yeah i i did like the experience even though like because i got so distracted talking i started at nine and i still hadn't eaten supper yet i was very hungry i don't think i actually got to eating till midnight oh my lord so i think next time i might just fry up a steak on the george foreman it'll be two minutes and then i'll just (laughs) move on to something else and (laughs) whatever that is it just took a long time Okay, it's cool. not not a thing I'm intending to do. It's just a random thing for fun I did. And if surprisingly enough, the two videos that I stream usually nobody watches the vods after like you know maybe like just ten views. Yeah. Like, and I'm you know, I'm not trying to make this about my business. Just you know, not a lot of people watch the vods, but they're up to three hundred views each, and I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like my Rocksmith stream where I play guitar, and then the other one where I'm just cooking and being a dork, as you'll see if you ever tune into it. Um, I was like, okay, people enjoyed watching that. It's great. Thank you. Like, it's fun. Are you still Gore Forathith, Forath, or whatever it is on there? Yeah, G0R4TH. Uh, G0. Yeah. And so, yes, uh, while he does, I'm not sure what he's doing, but um, while he does that, I do think I will stream again this weekend. So, if you're on Friday or Saturday, mm-hmm. I do have to focus on TWBD this week because I, I have some ambitions. Ooh. And that's all I can think about all week. But, um, um, you know, I think on Friday night, I, I'm looking at potentially shopping and buying my my birthdays in October. Uh-huh. And I think I 
I think I might buy myself a new guitar, even if it's just something inexpensive. It's still like a pretty basic thing. Like I'm just going to get myself a new one. Oh, I love it. So I definitely enjoyed, I streamed some Rocksmiths, so playing guitar on stream. And I've always been nervous about it because of like copyright DMCA issues, stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, the official Rocksmith channel like streamed a few days ago and featured a streamer. And if I go into that channel, there are people playing songs and their VODs are not um, being blocked. And so I kind of wonder at this point, maybe that Ubisoft has some sort of agreement, at least for the Rocksmith game, because it's like, how do you stream it? It has music is a music game. Uh, so it seems to be okay. Yeah. So because other people were doing it, it's been a while now. I feel pretty comfortable about it. Uh, I might do it again. But I was really worried about what that might mean for my stream for a time when this all was starting. So I my never favorite, really did my it. favorite part of your cooking stream is that you're talking to the microphone and looking at it as if it's the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> no, I think it's great. This is you, just a, just a nerd you know. making my food, and you know, as you'll see, I was like played ukulele for about an hour. Yep. Here, check this uh, out. Let's see what you sound like. Hold the on. thing I was hoping to cook. Not like the best version of it, because I think this is great. I would watch you cook. Yeah, I, I checked it great. out for a little bit. I finished doing my show, and I was like, "Oh, Bo's streaming. What's he streaming?" And then I was like, just saw an aerial view of his kitchen. I was like, "I'm going to watch this. This is what <laughs> I'm going to see." <laughs> I love it for some reason. I don't know why I like this, but I want more of this in my life. So. Well, I hope to do it again. I don't know if I'll do a cooking stream, but I do want to play guitar again. But eh, maybe I'll do a hangout. That's just what I felt like doing. That energy is like I'm just hanging out and talking. And I was really tired after. I think my favorite thing is that you are always finishing heroes before these videos start. So like the both of those videos, you were playing heroes and then you stopped the hero stream and then cooked. Either that. or No, that's my that's my intro video that John worked on. I haven't done one have, of those. Have you have you have you seen? I made that a long time ago. I start all my streams with it. It's like a five minute affair that tells you about how awesome my stream is. <laughs> but I love it because John made it for me without me. Re- I think maybe we talked about it, but you just like knocked it out of the park <laughs> and destroyed me so completely. Like just you know, it's like Bo thinks he's better than everyone else, and like here's a <laughs> Bo saying something stupid, and Bo's got little graphics all over the screen. Look how special it is! Oh my God, Bo's the best. Look at and you'll always remember his name. It's G zero R four T H. Who could remember that? <laughs> and I just like I love starting it that way. So that's yeah. great. It's kind of self effacing in a fun way. I, I like it. More of that. Okay. Yeah. So Rocksmith is great, by the way. Yeah, uh, if you want to see good. me play guitar, that's also a thing. Very nice. Bo, I'm about to play a clip here that's going to launch us into something real quick here. <laughs> yep, that's the sound we use. we use to start our hot new segment called the Bozone Layer, where Bo comes to us just to remind us about some, uh, you know, uh, important things he's learned this week about the world of video games and our own behaviors. Bo, tell us more. About well, that. thanks, Scott. I didn't mean to make it such an officially official piece thing with a bumper <laughs> that, that Scott worked really hard on. <laughs> yeah. I did. I spent <laughs> you know, days but, on that. Yeah. You know, I didn't mean to make it a big thing. It's just, um, I, you know, the past couple of weeks, a lot of you have reached out to talk to me about, you know, the my, I've talked about my personal issues and you've told me your stories or you've told me you've related. And, um, it was really, it's been really nice again hearing from all of you and you know, uh, I'm glad if anything I said helped sort of spur any inspiration in your life to make some changes or to start addressing a few things that might not be going 
quite right and all that. But, you know, um, part of all of this, like, this journey is, like, it's all all not negative. And so I just, what I would really want to do is if we got into anything that was, like, tangentially related to this kind of business in my section, because it's, like, a thing. Yeah. I wanted to leave people some positive stuff. Sure. That's all, really. Like, you know, it's just like, oh, I have ADHD. Oh, no. You know, like, I was like, you know, actually... This yeah. is all really positive stuff. Okay. And I'm not like over here, like with a big cloud over my head. I was like really spun up, spun up, spun up and confused for a few weeks or a month or so. Sure, sure. But I've yeah. learned a lot of good stuff. And so I wanted to share that with people because that's actually like what I've been focusing on. Like I can't, and I'll just tell you guys right now, like I can't find a damn therapist to save my life. Everyone Talk. is not working due to COVID and they're packed because yeah. everyone has time to Good go do their therapy because they're staying at home. It's the worst time in the world to get started on a thing like this. Yeah. The best somebody, I got is in five months. Yeah. Like my sister, so does, like, my, my yeah. sister's doing all her stuff remote now because uh, that's she is a therapist and that's what she does. Anyway, she she was weirdly prepared for this because being in Sweden for two and a half years or whatever, she had to take those clients online uh, via you know video chat over there because she wasn't here anymore but they wanted to stay on with her so she did that and kept building it and then now that she's back and she lives in minnesota now almost all her stuff is video and it's booming for her she's like killing it right now so, yeah yeah so everyone's using the zoom or whatever or yeah. telecon to, to do this kind of business so everyone's booked everyone's making sweet money working from home and no one wants to see a guy who kind of insists on wanting to see someone in person because i don't want to do the phone thing it's too serious yeah i want them to read me and my and my body language and everything else yeah. so so it yeah it's the worst um but as a result i'm doing a lot of my own self-directed study and you know I'm, there's we live we live in a beautiful age where youtube's a thing and there's a vlogger on everything guess what do you think you have a disorder there is someone killing it in the subject matter that's a blogger it's posting episodes every week that you wouldn't have 10 years ago uh you know oh i have this weird condition what is that about someone's vlogging about it probably yeah or doing a podcast or there's con there's someone out there who can talk to you and it's beautiful yeah um so part of my learning was also i'm learning positive things like tangentially neuroscience i've mentioned is like just this interest because as it turns out, brains pretty much is a computer, and I like computers. And you know, the neurons are just electrical information. And if you can finally figure out how to model a neuron, you can build an AI because you can just build a brain. Yeah. And and you know, we need to stop worrying about like old school computer AI and worry about like make a real brain AI because that's like getting closer and closer. And um, so, one of the things I want to share with you is that the human mind, because it is plastic and it is malleable. And that's why we all have different personalities because we're formed by our experiences. There are some hardwired things that you can hack into. And um, one of the takeaways I got, and, you know, this is just me regurgitating what I've learned from actual experts. So, you know, don't rely on this too much, but do your own research or whatever. But like, um, was this wisdom? And I'm just going to say it that, you know, thoughts don't change your behavior. What changes your behavior is behavior changes behavior. And once you get into the habit of the behavior, then your thoughts will follow. And then your thoughts change. And that's an interesting philosophical notion that's confirmed by what we learned in neuroscience. Essentially, that you can program behaviors in by rewarding effort, which affects your dopamine system, which is what triggers 
learning mm. and then you sleep to imprint and then you continue doing it. And the reason why this knowledge was so important to me is that I thought a lot about my problems. I thought about them a ton. And I often thought that I just didn't find the right solution to them. It turns out probably the ideas I initially had as I was solving these problems were right. And I just need to do the things and not worry about what I think. Actually, I've turned the thinking part of my brain off, which is hard for a lot of us, especially if we pride ourselves on our intellect. Yeah. But your thoughts will not change your life at all. And this is what I'm experimenting with. I'm not someone who does this 24 seven, uh, you know, and has lived to tell a tale, but in the short amount of time where I've stopped drinking soft drinks, which is miraculous, drinking them every day for like 10 years or however long, like pound them back at least, if not longer. And all the other changes I'm making and the changes I'm planning and working on, um, it's using essentially the strategy, which is like, I'm putting my intellect aside and just making sure that my behaviors are what I'm doing. And if I don't like to do the thing, then maybe I do less of the thing or half of the thing. You know, like I'm not running yet, but I'm thinking a lot about doing that. And so, you know, my first step would be buy shoes for running, you know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I thought that was interesting and that it works in line with, like, if you understand exactly how your brain works, in theory, you have a perfect knowledge of what goes on in there, then in theory, you can leverage... You, understanding how it works you can leverage it for maximum benefit according to whatever you want out of your life and i find that fascinating mm. and that doesn't matter you know about your neurodiversity like unless you're really really seriously like um have impairment issues because of your your uh your your neurodiversity it's like it's still really fascinating that um things are more possible than we realize but your brain works in certain ways. And I think I know I was getting frustrated because I was trying to think my way out of problems and didn't have a map to get there. So, um, you know, basically what you want to do is when you're trying to change your behavior and you're engaging in the behavior, you want to reward the, the effort. You don't want to wait for the reward at the end. You want to behave and then trigger dopamine as you're behaving, just like the Pavlov dog thing. Right. So a lot of us sometimes are like, even a thing like, oh, I only podcast once every two weeks. I don't deserve to call myself a podcaster. Mm. You know, I, I haven't really earned it yet. Like, and then you're not giving yourself a dopamine. You're not complimenting yourself. You're not doing anything to actually make you want to continue doing whatever activity it is. I just use that as an example. Um, so that during effort, you need to be complimenting yourself or you need to be doing something positive. There's no hard rule. It's just you need to trigger dopamine release along with it. And that spurs that that dopamine release signals to another part of your brain that you have to remember and learn the thing that you're doing. It's important because you got rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that reward you the most are sex <laughs> and eating food. Mm -hmm. And eating food actually edges out sex. Food is a big winner. So if you really like eating sugar, you know, then maybe eat sugar while you're doing some effort. And and then you may I don't know I don't recommend sugar it's actually really bad for you but as an example you can pair a do you can pair a dopamine reward with an effort not when it's done although you can do that too and not before you do it or outside it it's while you're doing it and I know for me I've cultivated a habit of why I walk about two to three hours a day now and it's not something I was really interested in doing before and part of it was tying effort to it so i'm going to purchase something for myself at walmart on the way or i'm going to stop in at this thing and do that but it can be positive self-talk too 
you legitimately just say like i'm proud of myself and i'm glad that i did this and you're awesome or whatever it is that makes you feel good and gives you a real dopamine hit that triggers learning so i i know i i bring this up too because it's positive but also a lot of people out there i've communicated and some of you have been probably too shy to reach out and communicate which i don't blame you but if you're encountering a problem that you keep thinking about know it's there and it's been eight years or whatever that you can start hacking your brain uh, to not get rid of them, but to just, I think, doing things that are fun will make things that are less enticing drop away eventually. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I'm going at things with this information. That's great. So it's been fun. Yeah, I like it. By the way, just so you know, my kids uh, multiple times now keep using the phrase, you know your eyes are part of your brain, right? I keep hearing them to use yeah. it in this conversation. Because yeah. <laughs> I brought it up and I said, Bo told us this one I did that. I did that. I did that. Yeah, it was you. Well done. But um, I mean, I got that from someone else. You know, the doctor I referenced last time. Like, uh, you know, it's just infor- it's information and it's new information. And it's inf- like basically the way I see this right now, if we are to have a school system and send people to school, I've always used to say the first thing people should learn is how to learn before they learn. Like as soon as they can, they need to learn what learning is Mm -hmm. before they learn and don't know what it is, but they're doing it. How ridiculous is that? Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, now they need to learn something else. We need to teach neuroscience as the first subject as early as possible. A kid can comprehend because that is their tool for how they engage with the whole world. It's ridiculous to me that I'm finding out this stuff at 40. Someone should have been jamming this down my throat at like seven. So, um, yeah. Hold still, boy. Your eyes are your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I mean? It's important, you know, like who cares about like economics or something? Like teach someone how their brain works. They'll figure it out from there. I agree. That's good foundational stuff. Thus endeth today's first bozone. Sorry, the bozone layer. It's not just the bozone. <laughs> that doesn't it's sound the layer, right. bozone layer, because it's yeah. slowly decaying away. Yeah. <laughs> like the thing, like, like the thing it's you know alluding to. Yeah, it's actually pretty funny. Um, all right, yeah. a quick note: if you uh, have thoughts on that or anything we've talked about today, email us uh, talk to the core at gmail.com. Yeah, that's right. New email address: talk to the core at gmail.com. A bunch of you have already been using it, and I'm super glad you are. Um, oh, I lost the one I was going to read. Hold on. I didn't mean to delete the one. Let me find it. Okay. So real quick here, I'm going to read this to you. Uh, this is from Brad. Brad wrote in and said, oh, forgot. That's a good question. There you go. I got to play that. Brad said this. Uh, this is a message intended for core is what he put in the subject line. Uh, good morning, Scott, Bo, and John. Uh, evening, I guess, here. I found a game that I had gotten free on the Epic Game Store. Bo's favorite, he says in parentheses. Uh, The game is Ruiner, and it's set squarely in the cyberpunk genre. I find it, well, I don't know. Okay, the setting is cyberpunk, but the genre is dual stick shooter, like top down. It's very good, by the way. I I have this game. Anyway, uh, and it's set in the uh, uh, cyberpunk genre. I'm finding it, it is scratching the itch while I wait for cyberpunk 2077's release. Uh, It is a top down view, almost like Diablo, and the gameplay is simple but fun. Wondering if you guys have tried it, if you had any other suggestions on quality games in the cyberpunk genre slash universe. You guys have done a lovely job with keeping me company during this six-month work-from-home period. Cheers. Well, Brad, um, I have that game. That game's great. Ruiner is great. 
And if you're one night just going, man, I need some just dual stickery shooting fun, uh, get it. It's on Game Pass, and it's great. Very cool game. I have it on Steam, but yeah. Which probably yeah, just means I've... It's been interesting to me. Like I've always looked at it, and I just didn't pull the trigger ever yeah. on it. Graphically, it's cool. Uh, it's very red. A lot of reds mm. being used. Mm. There's a shooter out today or this week that's seriously got me peaked. Uh, let's see if I can pull this up real quick. It's a rhythm-based first-person shooter. So you're meant to do stuff to rhythm of music in the game, but also <clears throat> apparently it's just like a really good shooter in itself. And it's very good. So it's not the Genji simulator that's coming out, right? No shoot. What's this called? Oh, look, there's a game, new game called a monsters expedition. I wonder if they'll get sued by monster energy drink corporation. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm looking, um, uh, No three kingdoms. I can't find it. Ah, I can't find the name of this thing, but it looks so cool. I wish I could find the name. Uh, I thought I saw one recently where it was the same deal. It was a first-person shooter, and I was like, that seems interesting. Oh, I know what it is. It's BPM, bullets per minute. Yeah, bullets per minute, BPM. Uh, That looks really cool. And somebody, some website today said, this game is ridiculously good, and now I'm super curious about it. So I guess I'll check game pass because maybe they have it they often do but um i don't think it's out yet it comes out september 22nd it looks like okay so we're still a few days off all right well we'll see what happens i knew i had seen it on steam and i was like where is this under popular upcoming and no apparently popular upcoming is all porn uh, that's how some porn that's what's going on yeah they've got, they've turned up the notch on porn games and steam lately yeah what's that about i saw some pretty <laughs> Corny stuff the other day. Is it the end of summer? <laughs> is just their time? Is that their is that their zone? Are they? I don't know. I mean, maybe um, when I there's not enough, you know, regular releases, the, the, this is what you get. Yeah, this is what you see. Anime like, there's porn. one called. I don't, I don't think this is a porny one, but there's a one called Necro Barista that keeps getting referred to me yeah. or recommended to me. Yeah, it sounds. I don't know. Looks porny. Necro Barista. Yeah. Oh yeah, there it, it could is. Be cool though. Yeah, it looks like a. I don't know. It, it's a visual novel kind of book. It looks like so. It's maybe just in the genre. You have to try that out for us. Let us know what you think of it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. If you have any anime porn video, or no, don't do that. Don't send us any recommendations. Just keep listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, please no. Actually, if you listen to the show and you like us and you think we say things that you like, <laughs> then. Maybe go to our Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash core show, and give us a little bit of cashola. It's not much, and you get some cool stuff, great rewards as a result. We're very grateful for our patrons. Thank you guys for doing it. And as a uh, reminder that you all get bonus stuff every episode that you don't get any other way unless you support the Patreon. So patreon.com slash core show. Go get it today. We are at frogpants.com slash core. A reminder to send us those emails to talk to the core at gmail.com that's talk to the core at gmail.com and find us on twitter i'm at uh, scott johnson you can find bo at bo schwartz john is at john underscore jagger and the show is at core pod that'll do it for us for me for john for bo see you next time This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 